Hey everyone, welcome back to the Sugarcane Podcast. It's me, Rudy. And it's Sheldon. So, Sheldon. Yep. When you go to a party and people start asking almost any question, do you like automatically have a reason just to talk about crypto? There's, <laughs> for the most part, yeah, dude. Like either that or my succulent, because my succulent's now thriving, so I just bought it. So it's a a succulent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm pretty a uh, bad plant bird, so I just want to take care of. <laughs> so for anyone who's not watching and listening, Sheldon has a very beautiful succulent that you must see because he's been taking care of it. But it's like, beautiful. like, you need like water like once a week or something. It's kind of easy well, to take care month, of. Even better. <laughs> Put it right by the, the, the window so it's, it's pretty set. <laughs> <laughs> just make it easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Prove that you have a green thumb. <laughs> On a succulent or a cactus. <laughs> Hopefully one day we'll have some sugar cane plants at home. Yeah, for sure, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, exactly. That's what happens. So you go to a party, you talk about crypto, move it to succulents, and then it goes back to crypto. Yeah, pretty much. That's <laughs> my, uh, I'm, I'm a complete nerd, dude. <laughs> what about you? I know. It's a, no, it's, a, it's impossible to, like, not talk about it. And I always, like, feel bad because everyone's, like, asking, no, what do you do? I'm like, well, how much do you know? Of crypto, I'll tell you how much like how much I do in crypto because it's like <laughs> a level of complexity. Gauge where they're at, yeah. <laughs> and when people like glaze over, I'm like, all right, let me just talk about you because let me talk about seconds. I don't, <laughs> don't want to talk about this. It's a pretty interesting topic. Yeah. Now, now after this episode, succulent prices are going to rise up, and it's going to yeah. be on high demand. <laughs> Should have gotten some affiliate marketing for this one. Yeah, for, for sure, for uh, seconds. <laughs> But yeah, man, like these things are so like, as I was working again in crypto this week, I was working with, you know, different dApps and we're talking about the last we we're talking about MetaMask and yeah. working in, with Uniswap or different DeFi protocols. And I'm thinking, all right, I'm interacting with these smart contracts, but I don't read it. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what the full smart contract is doing or saying. I, don't, I just trust the company that I'm interacting with and I trust the community that promotes it or can um, recommend it. So I definitely need your help to learn a little bit more about what is a smart contract and how does it work? Yeah. So kind of a good, simple way to think about it is like a smart contract. It's like a website almost, right? Like if you are going to amazon.com, right? You don't actually know where the website itself is hosted, but you go to the actual website and you can interact with it and do stuff on it. Right. So, a smart contract, in a sense, is a separate piece of code that lives on a blockchain, kind of like is you would on the internet and website. And anyone can actually interact with that smart contract or set of smart contracts that fulfill some purpose, right? In an Amazon case, you want to buy books, you buy a book, it gets sent to you. In the case of a smart contract that allows you to lend money and get returned back, you could lend your Ether to it. And then over time, you can actually send back whatever return back to your smart contract wallet. Yeah, and do people code this like how does the actual code work and I me mean, i guess I, I can code website i develop i'm developing mm -hmm. it myself but nowadays you kind of can make a website without even knowing you're making a website just using squarespace or using different uh, awesome web2 products out there yeah smart contracts are human made so there's possibility for human error in a smart contract right it's not like you can't okay. how do you know it's perfect it's still like a an odd topic I just thought about like a human made, like human made, like almost organic. <laughs> so it's like an yeah. organic smart contract. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, organic um, farm fed. 
<laughs> Sickling Fed, nah. Uh, <laughs> like the idea is that like you have um, people can code these smart contracts, right? Like no, it's really just an open space where you can construct whatever application you can dream of, financial application or otherwise. Like in 2021, people made a lot of NFTs, and those are kind of digital collectible versions of a smart contract or like an actual application. But um, you can create anything you really want and deploy that onto Ethereum specifically, because Ethereum is like what's called an EVM or it's an Ethereum virtual machine. Kind of a technical language would basically say that it allows you to create more expressive applications that anyone can interact with on a, on a blockchain. And Ethereum is all open source, right? So yep. the entire thing is readable. Like you can go on Ethereum's blockchain download the whole thing, see everything, see every smart contract too, since they live on it. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like the smart contracts is just like snippets of code that do something. Right. And Ethereum, as you said, is completely open source. And by nature of being on Ethereum or any blockchain, really, it also is open source. Like the actual code you create is public to be visible. And that's the beauty of it, right? Like you can create a lending platform that you can lend money to and get return from that you can see actually details of what the code is doing. So you know you're not getting like scammed or fished for money, right? Regularly speaking, like a general consumer does not actually look at the smart contract code as you wouldn't look at the code behind a website. But the fact that you actually have the ability to look at it um, tends to lead to, to better behavior and like people are who are producing code that does what it says it does. Yeah, and it's funny how like I personally trust open source more just because like, all right, it's open source. I don't even read the code. I just trust it because other people have much who are much smarter than me, like mm -hmm. yourself, I can read the code and understand <laughs> what's actually going on. They are saying like, yeah, it's been verified by yeah. other people who've contributed and helped out the project. And also a really good way to like, if they're like, if there was a person trying to like hack whatever code or uh, infiltrate that, it's like available to people to try to access. And since there's so many people who can access it, mm -hmm. they might actually be more contributive to the project as like a white hat hacker mm -hmm. rather than like a black hat hacker. So the people yeah, know the difference yeah. between that. That's a fun, like <laughs> white hat, black hat. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's kind of even a language like black hat basically means that you're hacking something um, for a malicious purpose. Like you want to hack it to like, get money from them. Like people who are black hat hatters, black hat hackers of like government systems. They hack them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Touch> <laughs> yeah. You know, they hack government systems to expose whatever details of the government or they hack banks to basically get access to people's funds. But white hat hackers, um, the people who actually just hack things or break things for a bounty, like this is just the company is saying, please uh, find some exploit to our system so we can actually do better. Um, they, and they, they invite people who are developers to basically expose different bugs in their system so they can actually give them money for it to like make their systems more secure. So that's kind of the difference between like white hat versus black hat. And in the crypto space, like the beauty of it is that given the fact that everything is open source and visible, one thing is like security, like things do get more secure because people are being white hat hackers to basically expose vulnerabilities and, and help the teams build better systems. Another thing is that you can actually have, um, uh, what's called like interoperability, kind of a technical term, but like you now have people to, you can now build on top of other financial financial systems, right? Like you now have like these Lego blocks of all these different pieces of code that you can now stitch together to do more kind of complex things, right? Like let's say you have 
a lending platform and you can now create a whole options market on top of that, right? Like where you know you have mm-hmm. more complex financial experiments or derivatives that are based on some simple product and set, set of products, you can now do more expressive stuff. So that's the kind of beauty of also uh, smart contracts and blockchain systems. That's awesome because as you're saying that, I'm thinking it'd be so cool if some of my favorite apps are like Google or, you know, Meta or Facebook, mm-hmm. whatever, Apple, like if they had their code open source, people can actually go in. Like, I think this needs an upgrade in this location. I want to contribute for this app, but mm-hmm. you can't do that in you know private code. But yeah. public open source code, you can actually contribute and request some feature or, or actually mm-hmm. build the feature out yourself. And that's kind of like what's happening in the crypto space is people are building on top of each other and kind of building this ladder to, yeah. you know, to heaven, to have crypto yeah, heaven. To heaven yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, to give you even like a very tangible example, right? Like at Sugarcane, um, there's about 17 different financial products that exist on the blockchain right now that we've kind of collected together and built under this one application. So now there's like 17 different, different products that people are building and there's separate teams that we actually haven't even talked to that we can now integrate their product into our actual application to now give access to different types of financial services across different blockchain networks. And we don't have to even talk to the team itself. Or we can actually just take whatever their open source code shows and integrate that and actually build that out. So it's kind of kind of cool way to see that like the actual Shurikane product is a collection of about 17 to 30 different products underneath. That's so cool. It's like yeah. a win-win situation. Like they're building, out, building it out because they want people to use it. And... Mm-hmm you're using what they built out and making it easier for other people to use. Yeah. So Shurikane is like getting all these smart contracts for like lending and staking and uh, liquidity providing or provisions. Yeah. You can do all that without having to even worry about, like since you can read the open source course, you don't have to worry about like, no, so not asking for permission, but it's permission. Mm-hmm. So you don't even have to ask for, for permission. You just use yeah, it. No. <laughs> That's the cool part. It's like, I'm like permission. Like yeah. you don't even need permission. You just got to give them credit. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm using this protocol. That's what I'm going to use my basis off of. And yeah. everyone can also verify that we are indeed using their protocol, like Uniswap mm-hmm. or like rocket pool or, you know, Ave. Mm-hmm. And they know that, okay, I know Ave is legitimate. Shurikane using is using Ave. They made it easier way to use Ave, mm-hmm. and that step looks legitimate too. So that that just sounds like a win-win for everybody. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like the actual Shurikane product. Also, for people who don't know, Ave um, is a, one of the largest lending DApps, which is kind of decentralized application, which is a series of smart contracts on the Ethereum blockchain um, that we actually integrate integrate to enable lending of crypto assets. So that's one product that we actually use pretty popularly, pretty regularly. Um, so the Shurikane product itself is a network of about 30 to 40 different smart contracts on Ethereum blockchain and a number of different other blockchains um, that also connects all these different services. And so when it comes to like the actual end consumer application, they see an application, but behind the scenes, there's a number of different smart contracts that talk to all other smart contracts on the Bitcoin or not on the Ethereum blockchain to make that interaction easier and simpler. All done behind the scenes, but for the consumer, they don't have to actually think about it. That's I love what you just explained. There is like a ton of of information, 
And mm-hmm. it's so nice that it's all behind the scenes and I don't, I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you did all the craziness. I don't think my dude. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't, it's a, it's a truth though. Like yeah. not everyone has time to think about everything that's going on. I mean, I want to, and I try my best to, and I you know, speak to as many people who are working on it to make sure. my life a little better. Yeah. But it is like, it is complicated in a technical manner. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so nice to have an open source. It's like, it's not just one person or one company taking on the brunt of everything to build something out. Yeah. It's a yeah. collective of individuals who are working together to create something for everybody. And yeah. it can always be expanded on. Like if, if Google disappeared or was going downhill, it's because of the CEO and the teams that are working yeah. there. There's a lot of people working there, but no, I can't just go in and pick up Google and help them or fix it. For sure. I can't even, I can't fork it. You can't take it somewhere else and rebuild on it. Yeah. But with crypto, you can. You can yeah. actually help out projects that are suffering or don't know something. And you can, you know, guide them in a certain direction if you wanted to. Um, and a lot of them are open for that. That's what they want from the communities yeah. too. Community literally throughout makes a crypto project thrive and for sure Kane, like i know we were talking about smart contracts last well interacting with smart contracts last episode mm-hmm. with shuriken i won't have to necessarily interact or approve all these different protocols that i'm using right i can just log on to shuriken and that handles everything for me in terms of connecting to different protocols approving transactions all that fun jazz yeah. from episode two yeah no for sure and also even like one thing we didn't talk about yet at least is about gas like gas is the kind of way in which it's kind of like a tax right the way in which you actually create a transaction on any blockchain is you pay a certain amount of gas or tax to do that and that can get pretty prohibitively expensive when you start talking about interacting with smart contracts on ethereum for example just because like ethereum itself is a pretty valuable asset and like, it goes to like boom and bust cycles and it gets pretty pricey to do things, but like, um, that's also something we're abstracting away or like, we're kind of hiding from the consumer. So like if you're interacting with any blockchain through the Shurkane application, it's all free. So it's like, it's, it's, it's completely no cost. So like it makes it very easy for you to actually interact with any financial service. That's uh, whatever you want to do there. It's, it's also free for you to do that. That makes sense. I love that. It's free. It's perfect. Thank yeah. you. That's all I want. <laughs> free things. Thank free you. Things in a second. <laughs> I don't know free food tastes better. Free interactions taste better. Just like, might as well just do that. It's great. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. the beauty of open source. That's the beauty of the crypto space. You can sure. do things like that because you can interact with whatever and implement however you want. Creativity is a limit. Yeah. Do you feel like? This is, you know, I guess, do you feel like crypto could be where it's at today if it wasn't for such openness? Um, I think to, to phrase the question a bit differently, um, it's more of like, why does openness matter versus like existing systems? Like if you think about the internet resistance today, right? Like it's it's pretty simple to use, um, but there's a lot of trade-offs when it comes to that. Like you actually don't know where your information is flowing to. A lot of people who have access to your information that you actually don't approve of. You're trusting kind of centralized entities that do things on your behalf to make the experience simpler. But at the end of the day, um, they can always do shady stuff with your money or like 
if you're depending on certain financial institutions, they can block you from certain activities that you want to get access to. Um, and so the reason for crypto being relevant and necessary is for the fact that like there is no central person there and all the code itself is auditable. So it's completely visible to see what's happening to your funds or information as it's flowing through the system. And if you may not be technical to, technical enough to like understand and look at it specifically, there are people who are also technical who is also in their best interest to actually just look at it themselves. So you would find out from someone eventually that something is sketchy. Um, so I think the beauty of it is that like, the fact that it is open makes it easy for people to, to, to sound the alarm if there's something going on that's, that's malicious. Exactly. And if you're building yeah. your company based off a protocol, just Aave or other protocols, you yourself want to make sure you're using something that's good and legitimate. You don't want to hurt your own company or your own reputation without first double checking what you're using. So like if you're going to use some tool at home, like you want to make sure yeah. that tool is good. Like you're going to do your research, make sure it's yeah. reliable before you use it for yourself and before you tell all your friends what you just used. Yeah. Did you look like back in like a, like 2008 or 2009 when like uh, Facebook, for example, had a huge like open API for anyone to use. Like companies like Zynga started popping out where they created like really an expressive games that people can actually use in a social context. But um, eventually Facebook shut off their API. It's now companies whose whole life depended on like getting access to this open API from Facebook deleted, disappeared overnight, right? Zynga kind of crashed after the fact that uh, Facebook closed their API. And so with crypto systems that are open and accessible to anyone, um, it makes it virtually impossible for you to get like deplatformed or de-apped, um, de-API'd just because all the information is public and open and it's immutable, so it can't be changed. And so now you can actually have the assurance that you're building on kind of sound foundations. That's also another kind of positive of like this kind of open source, uh, immutable context of crypto. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Like, yeah, that makes so much sense because it needs to stay open. It's, sure. its core has to always be open forever just so we don't have that fear of shutting down. And everyone that's building on that Ethereum network can always work together together to make sure Ethereum stays alive because it's in everyone's best interest to support each other in this yeah. instance. There's little context of decentralization. Everyone's running nodes and, and supporting each other. Oh man, we have so much more to go and like <laughs> it's already been what nineteen minutes and it's like we have a lot more episodes to go and I can't wait for it, man. So to sum part, this man. one up, it's all <laughs> yeah. At some this part it's like smart contracts, open source, are they safe to use? Yeah. If the person that is checking them is, you know, there's people in the community that are checking these contracts to make sure they are usable, safe, and secure for yeah. the use of the public because it's in everyone's best interest. It's like we have to have a whole episode on game theory too, because that's where this all lives off of is everyone winning together and growing together and lifting each other up rather than pushing each other down. So thank you for lifting us up, Sheldon. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you looking at my succulent, my uh, immaculate succulent. <laughs> <laughs> that's lifting you up. That's our open source. <laughs> Save you right there. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. See you next week, everyone. And again, if you have any questions, let us know. Okay. Good. See you.